I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey, Owl Pellets, it is great to be back. We have some returning guests. It's always great to have people, and it's always great to have people willing to come back and talk with us. Uh, Buddy McKendry and Aaron McKim, thank you guys so very much for being with us today. Thanks for having us. So to get us going, Buddy, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then Aaron, you can do the same. All right, we'd be happy to. So I'm Buddy McKendry. I'm a faculty member at Michigan State University. I work in teacher education uh, with pre-service and in-service teachers, um, leading various professional developments, um, teaching various undergraduate courses uh, for students in our teacher education programs. Yeah, and I'm Aaron McKim. Thank you so much for having us back to Al Pellets. It's always a lot of fun to engage in these conversations. Um, much like Buddy, I'm a faculty member at Michigan State University, work with our pre-service teachers, work through professional development throughout the state of Michigan, was a former high school teacher like Buddy, and so excited to engage in the conversation. Great. Well, thank you guys for, for being here with us. So, Buddy, why don't you kind of help us out here and give us a quick overview of the topic for today? I will do my best to keep it short and sweet. So a couple of years ago, we had an opportunity to convene some ag teachers for the professional development. Um, in Michigan, we kind of have a unique setup with our standards in that we don't really have uh, set courses for teachers to add to their program and teach. We have 12 segments, and it's really up to local teachers to determine how they're going to cover those 12 segments. Uh, if you cover seven segments, you can say your students are a concentrator, and if you cover all 12, you can say they're a completer. So you really have teachers taking these 12 segments, you know, a segment might be animal science, and a segment might be um, a plant sciences, and they package them in their own courses. Well, kind of a byproduct of how our segments are, are kind of grouped together is we have standards within our segments. And sometimes there's a little bit of ambiguity in terms of what is a standard. Um, teachers may come into the profession if they're alternatively certified or maybe newer in the profession and say, you know, I've, I've got these standards I need to teach to say I've hit this segment. They don't really know the, the essence of the standard. Maybe what are all the cool, core ideas? So really an idea that started with Aaron was to bring a group of teachers together, unpack all of these standards and say, what are, what are the core ideas within each standard? Like, what's the essence of it? If I'm, if I'm going to say I'm going to teach the standard, what exactly am I teaching? Um, and out of that, we really saw an opportunity for a really cool research project to kind of look at what is it really like for teachers to experience professional development where it's not, it's not the profession driving the teacher, you know, bringing in outside expert to say, here's what you're going to do, here's how to be better, but it's really bringing in a bunch of teachers that are, that are uh, professionals and experts and saying, how are we going to create a resource that's going to help the profession at large? And that's kind of where we got started. And I'll invite Aaron to add anything to that if I miss something, kind of a key detail. No, you, you did great in explaining kind of the, the origins of the study. Yeah, so I think we're excited. Share with the ag teachers out there some of the nuggets that you learned about professional development. Yeah, the, the major takeaway is 
that when you get a group of ag teachers together and you identify a problem that's relevant to, to their profession and just give them the power and autonomy to, to work together to solve that problem, really cool and exciting and fun things happen. Um, and so that was the big takeaway of this study was this approach, we call it participatory professional development, was actually pretty effective and teachers appreciated it. So what, what's that look like um, when, when you start kind of conceptualizing that and operationalizing it? So kind of what we were thinking is we kind of briefly talked about this a little while ago. Um, you know, we, when we think about professional development, we think of more formal opportunities. Kind of a takeaway for us is this idea of, of teachers having the power to change the profession um, and to influence the profession. And for us, it's, that can happen in any circumstance. It can happen informally. And we do these a lot, a lot of times. Um, you have a group of teachers that get together to say, we really need this resource on X. And they get together and they make said resource. Um, it's just how can we take that next step of, of making that available with the profession or sharing that thought process with the profession so that it then informs the profession about where we're going. So, so really operationalizing it is us as teachers seeing that we are experts, that we have a lot to give to the profession, and maybe we seek out some of those opportunities in the more formal realm too. So not just the informal opportunities, but seeking out the, the formal opportunities that may exist in our states. So hopefully we'll have some folks that are some state leaders listening to the podcast. Those may be state supervisors, officers from teacher associations, university faculty. What, what guides or what do you have to inform those in leadership and how to set up these kind of experiences for teachers? Yeah, I think it's a great question. We'll walk through kind of what the three days looked like during this professional development. Uh, we had a vision that this was going to be a tool that any teacher could access, a, a website that teachers could access. They could click and say, okay, I'm teaching in this standard. Um, I know I want to include it in my classroom. They click on it and up would pop. Here's the three core ideas that would uh, that you can teach or that you should teach when, when addressing the standard. And then it would have an explanation of that core idea and some suggestions for how to teach it. So we presented on day one teachers with this vision. We should kind of walk through an example standard of what it would look like. We broke the, the um, teachers up into teams based on their expertise that they were bringing to the group, assigned them different segments that were their kind of clusters of standards, as Buddy mentioned, uh, and then empowered them with a lot of Google folders and organizational systems <laughs> so they could make sense of and put all of their descriptions of the resources and ideas for how to teach it. Then we took all of that information and, and put it on the website so it's available now uh, for teachers. If you Google curriculum resources for Michigan agriculture teachers, it'll pop up and you can check it out and see what we developed. I think that's so critical. Like how often do we say teachers need professional development, teachers need professional development, and we tell teachers what they need for professional yeah. development. But who knows better what teachers need for professional development than the teachers <laughs> do. So when you talk about some of that profession change and that like SBAE change, what are some of the things that you've seen that have kind of resulted from teachers participating in professional development this way? So I'll go and then I, I noticed Aaron and Click so we can go as well. Um, you know, we had some really cool findings in this particular study that when teachers were given this 
this power, right, to create said resource and to solve the problem the way they saw fit, to bring their expertise into it, it kind of created this social learning dynamic and that they were all challenged. Um, that was a kind of a reverberating theme from the study was teachers again and again and again would talk about how their perceptions of SBAE or uh, I, things they did within their program were challenged just because you know, talking with other teachers in their groups and thinking about this resource. Um, so it really created this opportunity where they were kind of uh, struggling to put this exactly into words, but the, the, the learning that was happening was dynamic and it was, it was changing. Like, I don't know that that was necessarily an outcome that we wanted to happen. I don't think we went into it and said, we wanna bring 17 teachers together and we expect that 17 teachers are gonna be challenged and, and how they view SBAE and, and things that they perceive, but it was definitely an outcome that kind of evolved as the project went on over the three days. Yeah, and I would say an, an indication of that is in the interviews we conducted with teachers, the focus groups, it was consistent that they wanted more of this approach to professional development. They're kind of tired of being talked to and told what to do, and we're ready to talk to each other and develop something they could use in their future. So uh, a, a motivation to continue this type of professional development. You know, an analogy that I have in the back of my mind, you know, our pre-service teachers and even our, our in-service teachers, we promote student-centered learning instead of teacher-centered learning. And all of a sudden it's, aha, we probably should be doing the same thing with our professional development, right? It's always been kind of a sit and get type of uh, experience when we go to professional development and flipping the script and, and thinking about it from a a teacher center or a learner centered with the teachers and their professional development being the learners taking control and having a lot of action for that. That's shelf PD versus active PD. Like, yeah. great. I sat in this stuff and I went to all these different things all day long, but like, I didn't have any chance to actually do anything with it. Cause I somehow have to get it back to my own context of like, okay, great. But when am I actually going to do that? <laughs> well, one of the real pieces that I'd love you to talk more about um, and you mentioned a little bit their buddy is this that was dynamic and they were they were driving this is so often I see now teachers especially put on my teacher association PDs or they're gonna they have a kind of a panel and they they get five three or four teachers to go set up on a panel and they really it's not really a panel discussion it is four people rambling on about their perspective on something like on a podcast. No, good. Um, <laughs> that's, three people. that's three people rambling on a podcast. Clearly different. But, but, and the idea there's that we want to learn from other teachers. We want to learn from people out there. But this sounds like you were able to provide some direction in that here's the problem we have to solve. So the direction is not like, here's what I want you, here's, here's how to do it. It's like, here's the problem. And you guided them through that while they're able to use their experience. Maybe if you could talk a little bit about what your all's role was during that discovery process to help um, keep everybody focused. And, and with that, they're, they're, I'm sure they, they had some frustrations at times because they hit dead ends and maybe people had different ideas on how we should, where things should be going. So what was your role in, in kind of the, the midst of, of the messiness? The one thing I'll say, just um, you kind of talked about the panel and 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 how that maybe isn't the most effective, or or it's you know it's it's a step in the right progression, but maybe not uh, to the to the extent that we facilitated. One of the pieces of that is when there's a panel, you're not 
you're not empowering those teachers to create something other than just share their experiences. In ours, it was like, you're building something together. And we all like to, to build things together that we know are going to be useful in the future. So that, that I think is a distinguishing characteristic of this particular professional development um, and also plays a role in, in what role we played because we were continuously saying, you know, this is the product, this is the problem we're addressing. Um, and, and I'll let Buddy talk more about some of the specific roles we played, but just kind of reinforcing there is this bigger vision. You are contributing to this bigger project as you, as you engage with us for these three days. I would say, as I think back to the experience that's it's been a couple of years ago now, before COVID, um, some of the unique things to Aaron's point in terms of presenting this problem, but giving teachers the flexibility in how to solve it. But Aaron did a really great job of kind of breaking it down into maybe manageable chunks. Um, there was definitely a, like a, a starting point, right, where it was, hey, let's all do a standard together. Let's, we got a sticky wall. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen them. They're really cool. It's a giant tarp and you spray this stuff on it and you can just take regular old uh, index cards and they stick to it. And we as a group went through and created all these core ideas to go into the standard. Um, and if I'm, I might be misremembering part of that, but so that was a, a really important first step to kind of give a kind of an inclination, maybe like here's, here's a general idea that we had and then teachers kind of took it and ran with it. You know, as, as Aaron talked about our roles, our roles throughout those three days were really more of answering questions if they had them, finding them the technology if they needed it, getting things the groups needed. I mean, it was it was solid, oh gosh, maybe 10, 12 hour work days of, of solid, real hardcore working. Um, a lot of our kind of facilitation through the room was more focused on the research project and, and kind of collecting some observational data. Um, but in terms of, you know, teachers creating, let's say, uh, the group was assigned three or four standards. We didn't go to that group and say, okay, you have to have five core ideas for this one standard. Mm -hmm. Um, that was totally up to the group. If they came up with three, they came up with three. Uh, we did do a peer review process towards the end where other groups would then check and, and double check those core ideas. But really the product itself to Aaron's point was created by the teachers. We were much more uh, kind of go back to something Mike was talking about earlier, maybe the guide on the side, uh, not the sage on the stage. So I'm bought in. You've convinced me that this is a great direction to go and help me and maybe some of the listeners. What, what do we do next? How can we start to integrate some of this? So I'd say step one is to identify a problem in your state that uh, educators are aware of that's important to them that they acknowledge as a problem um, and that would be the first step and then think about how can we convene a group of folks to come together to address that problem what's a, a tool that they could develop a resource they could build a curriculum that they could create so that they could address that particular problem I will say the other piece of this that helped quite a bit is we invested about Thirty-five thousand dollars into the into the into the project as a whole. So there was we funded the travel, we funded the hotel rooms, we funded the food. Uh, the teachers got a stipend, and so there was there was finances associated with this. And so that would be another piece of the equation. If you're going to ask teachers to come for this professional development, multiple days building something, you do want to recognize their efforts with some with some funding and some stipends. So identify the problem. So Mike Ritalik, 
<laughs> get a group together to address it by the gather some pitchforks and torches to cut no is that my, am, I, am i on the right in the right right path here <laughs> i gotta say buddy started talking about our big innovation and it included a tarp some sticky wall and index card <laughs> and i'm thinking what are people going to think about michigan like this is, <laughs> this is the best we can do is <laughs> So you run up to the wall and see if you can. Yeah. <laughs> New technology does not have to be electronic. That's all I'll say. There you go. There we go. Oh, it's awesome. The words of wisdom. No, this is such a cool idea. And I, and I really hope that we, we talk about it at the state level, but I mean, this is something that can be done just, just a group of teachers. You know, whether if you're, you know, whatever your organization and your state is, whether you have, you know, sections or regions or, or whatever else, or just some other folks you want to get together with um this is this is an, an innovative way to address this and, and maybe we're, we're focusing on on the process here but you talk about identifying big ideas on these things so maybe talk a little bit about what you had them develop in these three days it wasn't a traditional lesson plan mm -hmm. whatever it was and tell them about what that was and, and how those were used i think it's also very cool yeah so i'll talk a little bit about um the organic nature of this approach to professional development that sometimes I think we don't recognize. And then I would welcome Buddy to talk a little bit more about the product and, and what exactly it looks like. Because you're right, it's not lesson plans that were being developed. But I, when you think about what essentially we did, it was we identified a problem, got teachers together, they talked about it, formed a solution, we shared it out. I mean, that was, that was the step. Now there was some money involved and all that other fun stuff. But that happens in professional developments in the hallway all the time. Teachers are like, wait a second, I'm really struggling with this. They get a group of people around them, group of teachers, and they solve the problem. What we would encourage teachers to do when that happens is to recognize you aren't the only four or three people who are struggling with that problem. So whatever solution you all uh, developed in that small conversation, share it out make it available to other teachers, maybe have spaces during professional development where we can share these kind of emergent solutions to problems or just discuss those problems. So I think you're right, that organic nature of professional development isn't what we typically think of, but it might be more powerful and more advantageous as, as we think about shifting the, the spotlight from the person presenting in the front to the people who are doing the work and solving the problems. But I'll turn it over to Buddy to talk more about what the resource looks like. So the, the actual end product is a website. Um, and I believe this website has been visited probably almost 200,000 times now in, in a year or a year and a half that it's been live. So what'll happen is you go to the website, you click on, you have two routes. You can either go by segment or by, uh, by core idea grouping. You click on a segment and it'll bring up uh, a list of basically, um, segments you can click, you can bring up a standard. And when you click on a standard, you're gonna be taken to a landing page. And inside that standard, you're gonna have basically a description of, of what the standard is. And you're gonna have a list of core ideas. And then you can click on a core idea. And then for that core idea, you'll have, it's kind of last landing page where you'll have a list of resources. And the idea here is for a teacher to go to that and, and say, I, I wanna know more about this core idea. It's going to have a page. Um, maybe you've got a core idea on genetics, and maybe there's a link to a beef genetics game uh, where you can go through and do multiple iterations of genetics over a life cycle. And maybe there's a link to another website that has a really good 
uh, informational page on genetics. And then it'll have it also on that webpage of just a list of possible teaching opportunities of what it could look like. Um, not heavy on the teaching, it's really heavy on the what is this core idea and learning more about it. And the thinking being, we, we really, you know, we, we value our undergraduate education programs, our pre-service teacher programs, and we think we, we produce really strong teachers. The idea is our teachers didn't necessarily need help on how to teach something. We don't need them, we don't need to create a lesson plan for them to say, here, teach this. We just wanna help them unpack the standards. And if they can unpack the standards and know what's in them and become more knowledgeable about a standard that maybe they don't feel comfortable with, they're gonna have ideas on how to teach that. So really this resource is, it's not a, it's definitely not a packaged curriculum kind of deal. It's more of a, I wanna learn more about this. I wanna put my expertise into practice. So I'm gonna learn more about a standard. I'm gonna learn more about these core ideas so I know how to teach it. Well, that, that is a, a great thing. And we're definitely encourage people to, to check out that resource and the work that you're doing here. You know, it's um, recognizing the expertise and the value that teachers bring to this, I think is so important. The other thing, Aaron, from what you said before, it's, it's putting what we sometimes say was the most valuable part of a professional conference and make it actually part of the official conference. Take that hallway conversation or that what we talked about over dinner or coffee or whatever else and making it part of there. And it's, and it's not an all or nothing. It's bringing those pieces together. So thank, thank you both so very much for number one, doing this work and sharing it and, and really serving the needs there of those Michigan Ag teachers and sharing it with the rest of us and for coming here again on Alpellets and sharing it with, with the folks across the country. So thank you all very much for being with us today. Always a great time. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.